Hey everyone, it's Joe Batanz here, your friendly neighborhood RuPaul's Drag Race recap host, uh, bringing you today an interview with a guy named Jake Dupree. Now, if you have no idea who Jake Dupree is, I'm going to tell you. Do you remember, and I talked about this on the show last week, that on the finale of All Stars 3, they did a music video. And, you know, the four remaining contestants were in this music video. But, as we all know, the real star of that music video was this blonde, twinky dancer who just eye-fucked the camera the whole time. Okay? His name is Jake Dupree. Okay? And uh, I was sort of curious to see if we could get an interview with him. I go on his website. And it turns out he and I have a mutual friend. Well, a couple mutual friends, actually. Looking at the website, I see some theatrical productions he was in, and I knew that my friends had been in there. So I reached out through these mutual friends, and I'm telling you, within five minutes, we had the interview. So uh, on Monday, I conducted the interview. Now, I'm going to tell you about the, You're going to hear the interview in a second. I was in my head. I was like, how much am I going to have to say to this Jake Dupree about RuPaul's Drag Race? So what I was thinking of that, what I would do is I would tag like a 15-minute Jake Dupree interview onto the end of Rulaska Thoughts. Jake Dupree and I talked for over an hour. We were, let, me re, let me rephrase that, actually. Jake Dupree and I recorded an interview for over an hour, okay? And I even say on the show, we're going to talk a little bit after that. the show's over. We talked for another two and a half hours off the air, just about... RuPaul's Drag Race, our lives, living in Los Angeles. It was, uh, he's a really, really nice guy and he's anxious to come back on the show because here's the thing. And we talk, we touch on this on the show is one of the things that bonds us as gay people or even straight people or people who watch RuPaul's Drag Race is we all want to talk about this show called RuPaul's Drag Race. And not only, like, look, I said, we didn't talk for two and a half hours about RuPaul's Drag Race after the show, but It's a great opener. It's a great way to break the ice in a conversation. Uh, People just who are into this show love to talk about this show. So I've I've been rambling on here for about three minutes. So why don't we just get to it? So there's an interview with Jake Dupree. I'll come back at the end. Uh, I don't know why. Just to say bye. Here it is. Jake Dupree. Hi, Jake. How are you? That's my fancy. That's my fancy way of getting into this interview. <laughs> I'm doing amazing. How are I'm, you? I'm well. I want everyone to know. First of all, I want everyone to know that this Jake is so nice. If you don't live in Los Angeles, it's a rare commodity to find a nice person uh, <laughs> like Jake Dupree. And because uh, he had an interview set for seven, and he was in traffic, and he was so apologetic. You don't need to be a, like. I understand. How bad traffic is? What part of town do you live in, Jake? Not the exact I, address, but like I live neighborhood. In, I live in Studio City, so the Valley. But I was coming from Pasadena, and if if you are in LA, if you know anything about traffic, you know that right now is the worst time to be driving. And of course, I did not give myself enough time, and I apologize for no, that. I don't need to at apologize. All. I always remember one time I was by UCLA, and my oh, brother. No. My brother has <laughs> no idea of like Los Angeles geography, and he had purchased something at a, at a store that he wanted picked up and it was friday afternoon and he goes can you go right now over to studio city actually literally and pick up a light bulb and i was like uh uh-uh. that would literally take me six hours 
It would take you at least two. At least. Well, no, then he wanted me to drive it to Orange County. (gasps) Uh, Absolutely not. That is like a... That's like a gift from hell. No. Yeah. I was, and he couldn't understand. He's like, well, isn't it? You're in LA. It's right there. Well, no, it will take me two <laughs> hours. You're right. It will take me two hours to get there. That is at, that is the worst. They don't get it. They don't get it at all. No, they don't. They don't get it. So anyway, uh, anyway, hey, we're here with Jake Dupree. Now, if you don't know, I, I, I'll tell you this, Jake. <laughs> People, when I've talked about it, they're like, I'm interviewing Jake Dupree. And they go, oh, my God. They go, who's that? Exactly. And then they go, <laughs> Do you know this twink that was on this RuPaul's Drag Race All Stars three finale? And they go, oh, the unicorn. Ah, uh, I love that so much. Yeah, and then so there, so the, so everyone already knew you from this unicorn. Now I've actually watched it. People have sent it to me. That's one yes. of the reasons why I asked the neighborhood you live in because uh, the one where you go to like the snooty coffee no juice place. Yes, you filmed that like literally up the block from where I live. In in uh like Echo Parkish area. Oh, was it Echo Park? I thought from where the from the where you were dancing. Maybe the coffee you were dancing on the street, and that was over like off like Beverly. Uh, yes, feel. yes, that's we shot in two different locations. Oh. So there was one day where we shot on location, and there was another day where we shot the confessional like moments. Okay, and that was in West Hollywood, basically or Hollywood ish yeah. area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, that was <laughs> up the street. I didn't see this queen dancing around yeah. all over the place. <laughs> What's going on? And so anyway, uh, how did I get here? What am I talking about? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Drag race, so then there's like, no, the uni- no, we'll like get there later. Dra- we'll get the drag race. Let's talk about this unicorn thing. First, how did you get, what is the name of the, like, it's like a sexy something, you know, what's the name of the character again? Uh, Glitter Fantasy the Unicorn. Yeah, and then, you know, Googling you and like, it's obviously this thing where you were like the, the, the head queen of Carnival for West Hollywood. Or, this, what is this, this about? Past Halloween, they, um, so, like the backstory of it, I we got a call from a friend of mine, and she was like, "Fergie just backed out, and we want you to be the queen of, or like basically like the grand marshal of the Halloween parade." And I was like, "Uh, absolutely." So I got the a crown and a sash and like two dozen roses and a proclamation from the city of West Hollywood and a key to the city of West Hollywood. It was wild. It was uh, so crazy. Okay, wait, because this is a show for well, straight a lot of half our audience are straight people, but. Oh, really? Wow. Welcome. Welcome to the club. Well, Jake, I'm going to tell you something. (laughs) This RuPaul's Drag Race, you'd be surprised. Go straight. A lot of the straight women love this show. I love it. And some straight men, too. We get a lot of emails from people like, my husband now has become a fan, blah, 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 blah. All right. See, that is the beauty of Drag Race, though. It is amazing. But because we are all gay men, I have so many questions about this. One, now this is okay. this is an LA local. This is not this is only interesting to me as an LA local. Yes. The greatest gift you could ever get on this West Hollywood <laughs> queen thing. Did you get like extra good parking or this West Hollywood parade is so horrible. It turns mm. the city upside down. Okay, so let me tell you about Okay, so I didn't realize that I was getting this until Monday night like mm-hmm. six or seven o'clock monday night halloween was on a tuesday i had already planned to i'm a fitness instructor by day um so i had already planned to teach my classes in fitness girl drag so i was like full like full drag outfit like for teaching a fitness class and i was there all day mm-hmm. i literally came home for an hour changed my entire face taught a class and then drove to west hollywood to accept this award Luckily, we got 
primo parking, like right yeah. behind the stage. That's in the greatest the, um, thing. That's that... right by the library in West Hollywood. That, that yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know exactly where you know that. And then, and then they brought a golf cart. I mean, it was, I mean, they treated me like gold and I had like four of my best friends there with me and they treated us like, I mean, it was, it was amazing. What you guys don't understand who are listening, this, the whole goddamn city shuts down. It, it is the biggest Halloween celebration in North America, in the United States. Oh, like, really? It's huge. Yeah, yeah. You like can't, 500,000 you... 500, people. Like, it's insane. Like, you, you do get... not drive. Yeah, no, you can't area. drive. That's why when you tell me, like, oh, I would, because people have gone, like, people have gone, like, uh, do you go? I go, no, I don't know. I no. avoid it. Literally, I have, ne- I've only been once when I first moved here, like, first moved to LA in like six, for six years ago, and that was it. I have never been back. And this was, I was not planning on going at, at all. Like, even Monday night, I was not planning. And then they were like, you're getting me a word. So I will be there. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, no. Like, like, right. It's funny what an old man I am being about. This. I'm like, let's tell me more about this parking. That's not even old man. That's just called like <laughs> pragmatic LA person. Like, that's exactly what that is. Okay. Uh, so let <laughs> so 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 you get this award now. The next now, obviously, the more uh, pressing question is: Do you get like are you are you single or are you dating someone? I am single. I am. And were single. you single then? I was single then. Um, I had just – I got out of a relationship in August, like okay. a two-and-a-half-year relationship. So, so yeah. So then you were like – single. So you were very single. So as I was very single. In your like glittery uni- unicorn costume, you're the ground <laughs> dumb of the parade. Are you just getting it like that night? I mean I did not get any that night, but – How? Wait, um, wait, 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 wait. How are you not getting any that <laughs> night? That would be like I, the easiest – I was – I was literally with my four of my best friends, and it was honestly like one of the coolest things that's ever happened to me. And there, I wasn't even thinking about anything else but just being there in that moment. I, granted, I should looking back at it now, I should have used that title and like tried to get some, but I did not. I yeah, like, was just, I was so present with my friends and me, and I was just literally like the time of my life. It was amazing. No, 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 no. And I understand that, but uh, again, as gay men, there doesn't need to be any romance. You know, like, no, 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 no. It's just like you <laughs> over here behind the stage in the golf cart. No, right. I mean, I wish, but literally it's really funny. A lot of the people that help out with like the main stage part of it, like what goes on with the production side of it are all like straight, like broy kind of dudes. So it's really fun for me to be in this like sparkly, like short, like booty short outfit around all these like straight people because it's. It, a, it makes me happy that they want to be there at all. And then B, it's like there's nothing's really going to be happening in terms of like a, uh, using my title to get what I want situation. You know what I'm saying? Well, yeah, but look, this, <laughs> if, if, if they're there, they've, they've seen a dragon dressed as Madonna. I mean, they've oh. seen it all, you know? <laughs> They've seen like an alien giving birth to like a little Bruce Valanche. Like I've seen the weirdest. (laughs) I remember once, this is is the crazy thing, show you how gay it is. I remember my, uh, I have several gay cousins and one of my gay cousins and his friends showed up to the parade and I met up with them and they were all different Madonnas, like from different eras Uh, of Madonna. It doesn't get much gayer than that. It does. No, it does. I'm going to tell you, Jake. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> almost every gay could name which madonna they were okay all right there it is there it is <laughs> okay so, so <laughs> now how do you land up on the glitter unicorn what's i'm sorry i got the character's name wrong game what's the character's name again? i mean you can call it whatever you want but glitter fantasy the unicorn okay. glitter is fantasy the, the unicorn 
yes. how do you how do you come up how do you come upon that character? Okay, so my very, very good friend is the head of video at Cosmo, and I met him six years ago when I moved to LA, mm-hmm. and we were doing a podcast for the Rachel Zoe project. We yeah. were like uh, talking about it, talking mm-hmm. about the episodes that were happening yeah. from Bravo, mm-hmm. and he went on to do a podcast for Cosmo, and then ultimately like applied for this job and got it, and then moved to New York, and then they were looking for like a unicorn correspondent, and they wanted it. They were originally, I think, thinking for a girl to do it. And they were like, what if we got like a really sparkly guy to do it? And I have been obsessed with mermaids since a very, very young age. And Mm -hmm. I have like a full mermaid tail that I can swim in and all that stuff. And he asked me, he was like, would you be willing to do it like as a unicorn? And I was like, I mean, it's Cosmo. So, yeah, like this could be a really cool opportunity. And so we shot the first episode and then it turned this whole thing. It was it was crazy. Like it was complete chance, really. Now I've seen, you know, I've seen several of the videos, and uh, let me ask you this question: who Who do you feel you're channeling when you when you play this character? Um, I think for me, it's like how I think people perceive me in a certain way, which is like this kind of like body obsessed, kind of twinkish, you know fame obsessed person i feel like some people could read into like what i post on instagram or how i'm perceived in the world like just looking at me that's how i am so i know that and it's sort of like an ironic uh comment on that so it's like it's not me at all like i don't behave like that in real life or you know think that i'm amazing or great or whatever it's like a, a legit ironic comment on how people would perceive me. And so I feed completely into that. And it's so much fun to just be this super insane, like sassy, bitchy character. It's mm-hmm. awesome. But it's not what you're like in real life. No, I could be I, the furthest thing I could be is from that character. So it's awesome to be like this completely separate version. However, some people perceive that's how you actually are. And then it's nice for them to meet me in person because they're like, oh, you're actually like, a normal person who's kind of like a nerd. So it's good. Yeah. I want everyone to know that, uh, we have Jake and I have a couple of friends in common and every, both of them. uh, And you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if there's more. I just don't know it. Oh, absolutely. I'm guarantee you. We know a ton of the same people. Yeah. And, uh, but they've all said, Oh my God, he's the night. That's the first thing they say is how nice you are. See, I mean, I literally, I, I always say this, and this is so morbid too, but I'm like, if I died tomorrow, that's what I would want people to say about me is that I'm nice and um, just a good person. And I'm happy that somebody says it. So that's good. Now, what, now what's, what's it, right now at this moment, what's exciting you creatively, Jake Dupree? Oh, okay. So that I have to be kind of cryptic about what I say. Okay. There's some, um, I just found out last Monday, there's a big opportunity it's happening with a major network that will involve me and my life. And that is very exciting for me. And also I'm going to be coming out with some really fun videos that incorporate me and also the drag persona of me, which in oh, like you a have workout a drag capacity. Persona. So it'll be really cool. I'm excited to share that. I wish I could be like more detailed no. about it, but I have to be kind of cryptic about no, it. I'm makes sorry. Sense. No, I, I'm, I'm in the same thing. So, gl- so glitter fantasy unicorn is not your drag persona. Do you have a drag name? Um, so my drag name is my name. Like, cause I think it kind okay. of emanates with itself. Like Jake Dupree. I think that's kind of an awesome name just to have in general. Mm-hmm. And I'm proud of it. And for some reason, any other drag name that I've come up with, they don't um, 
I don't particularly identify with them. So for now, I'm just going with Jake Dupree, and we'll see if it changes. It could, but right now, that's what I just plan on sticking with. Now, were you a fan of Drag Race before you went on there? Oh, I have watched I, – I started watching season three, like, from first episode because of some friends in college had told me about it, and I was – obsessed like i was like i had never seen anything on tv that i completely related to the way that i did when i watched drag race for the first time and of course i've watched seasons two and then i've watched some of season one online um since then but i've ever since season three i have followed it every week i've seen every episode i follow all of them like i love it so so much yeah you know what's so funny is um and I often say this is is I'm actually a really lucky person because uh, I interview people for this show. I, you know, I, we just interviewed a guy who wrote an article for Slate Magazine about Drag uh, Race. Yes, did you read that one about the? I did. Oh I yeah, did. yeah. I interviewed him last week. Really nice guy, and he was like, "I want to come on again because it's one of these things where like." It's definitely your classic water cooler show where you want to talk about it, you know, and so. I'm lucky enough, and I'm talking to you right now, we're going to talk about Drag Race, but where, and before we even get into the episode, let's talk about your thoughts on all things All-Stars 3 and what's coming, what's, what's going to happen and what on season 10, but people just want to talk about this show, and so I, are you in the same boat? It is, it is my, one of my favorite things to talk about, and I'm a, before Drag Race, I'm a, also a huge reality person. Like mm-hmm. I've watched Survivor every season, and I've yeah. watched American Idol and The Voice. I, I'm a big uh, and Project Runway. I'm a big competition reality person. Like I love it, mm-hmm. and I also watch a lot of The Housewives too. And I'm a huge stand for some of them. Yeah. But Drag Race for me encompasses everything that I love about TV. It is heart. It is humor. It is drama. It is artistry. It is creativity. It is genuinely everything. And I hate like saying that, but it genuinely is everything to me. I love this show. So what did you feel about uh, All-Stars? Give me your big thoughts on All-Stars 3. What did you think about Ben's departure? I, so I had heard some rumblings of it when we were in rehearsals for the finale challenge. And um, I was, I was a little, I was a little heartbroken actually, like hearing it and then seeing it on TV. Of course, I didn't know any specifics about what happened, but I just heard some things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to see it play out on TV, I mean, it just, it, it really did hurt my heart, and it made me, it made me kind of mad at her in a way. I was like, you knew what you were getting into coming into this. I mean, granted, she didn't know if she would be winning like every week, basically, mm-hmm. but you knew what you were. If you were going to win, you knew you would have to vote off people. And I know that's – I don't even know if I could do something like that, like to people that you respect and work with a lot. But it's the name of the game, and that's just the way it is. And everybody knows going into it, they can take it personally or not, but that's what you're going into it expecting is that you could possibly be going home from somebody that you're going to work with and, or have worked with out in the world of mm-hmm. what they're doing. Well, did you have any favorite queens from this season that you were rooting for that you made the I mean yeah. for me, Shangela, I have loved, loved, loved her since season three. I didn't really I didn't watch season one season two until after season three. Mm-hmm. But season three, I just there was something about her that was so enigmatic and just there she's a star. Like she really is. And meeting her in person, she is uh, she's everything you would expect her to be, just like funny and quick and bright 
and just really professional. Like genuinely when she says she's a professional, she is an actual professional. And I just think she, there's just something about her that she genuinely gets the, like what the show is and like what she has to do to be on the show. It's amazing to me. And I think a lot of people should look at her on the show and be like, okay, this is how I operate amongst this, uh, algorithm that is a reality show. Um, I also I am a huge fan, fan of Ben just because of the campy factor and like this theatricality, but also a beautiful factor, which she's stunning. And I'm a huge Aja person. I was she was the person I was most excited to see on season nine. And then when she didn't really like show up, I, I don't think to genuinely be her best self. I was so disappointed because I followed her on Instagram for a long time and watched her uh, YouTube, uh, a lot of her YouTube performances uh, well before the season, well before I even knew she was a part of the season. Um, and to see her come out on All Stars 3 and like really deliver and truly show like what she's capable of, I was so excited for her because I think she did herself justice. And that is, that's awesome to see. How do you feel about the crowning of Trixie Mattel as uh, winner of All Stars 3? I, I love Trixie. I think outside of the show, she is fabulous and like, I mean, to have your own television show outside of RuPaul's Drag Race is phenomenal. And to be like a number one charting artist in like folk music as a drag queen. I mean, you you can't fault her for that. And also her look, no one does that look at all. And to to be honored for that and to be recognized for that, I think is spectacular. Sometimes in the competition, I wish that she would have come off or truly shown herself better. But... I think you can't fault her for what she's done outside of the show because I think most people that go onto the show hope they do what she does outside of the show. Is there anything anything that's exciting you for All-Stars, not for All-Stars, for Season 10? I am so – I'm super excited for Season 10. I talk to Cameron Michaels and Blair St. Clair on Instagram a lot. They are – genuinely so sweet and i relate to Cameron michaels a lot because she's like a muscle queen and i think that's kind of like how i classify myself in a way like as a fitness person mm-hmm. um but they are so awesome and i followed aquaria for like a long time on instagram and i think she is such an artist and then it's been cool because i followed monet exchange and miss cracker because of bob the drag queen and like i think that they are amazing it's just I really feel that season t- 10 might be the best overall group since season six, like Bianca Del Rio, Courtney Act, or Dora Delano, like that group. Like this is a very strong season. And I know for a fact that they all get along super, super well. And I, and I like that. I don't like the drama, stupid stuff. I like more of like honoring people as an artist and fighting amongst just being the competition. I don't like the necessarily just like drama to be mean. Interesting. Well, I feel yeah. like we could really nerd out. If I can tell, like we could, like I have so many nerdy questions for you. I'm like, oh my god, yes. I was going to say, you can ask me whatever you want. I love it. Oh, I know. I was because I was going to say, let's go down this road. But um, yeah. you know, it's widely considered that season seven is like the worst season of Drag Race. But I've been rewatching it, you know, years later, and it's really it's not, not as bad. It's not bad at it's, all. It's it's actually one of my favorite seasons of all t- of all of them because yeah. the level that those queens were competing in looks wise have completely elevated the show 
I mean, for I mean, for the rest of however the however long the show runs, I mean, the looks that Violet turned and Miss Fame and Pearl, I, I mean, and even Ginger Minj, like th- those are some really and Katya and Trixie and like there's some really really strong competitors, and I don't think that they should be discounted at all. Um, I think people are just like I don't even know why people consider season seven like a weak season. There I were really a lot of don't. Acting it's challenges. Not. I think that's what it was. The challenges. I think. I think it was on the production side because you were the reason I thought of it was you said uh, one of the strongest casts in season six, and I was like, season seven's cast is pretty strong because oh yeah, seasons five and six are probably the best seasons in the show, but they still have yes. like their filler queens, you know that. that oh, like, absolutely, and I think maybe season seven at the beginning there were a lot of more pe- people that could have just fall by the wayside a little bit. And they did. Um, but overall, I mean, if you look at some of those looks, they are so memorable and they are used throughout like memes and gifs or gifs, however you want to say it. They're used so much. It's I mean, and they've really genuinely affected the show, I think, more than people realize they have. Did you know the whole Valentina drama before she was eliminated? Were you one of the, or were you genuinely shook when you when when it happened? I genuinely was so shook. I was full on Valentina train like Ten thousand percent. She's who I wanted. She's who I loved. And I went into the show uh, having followed uh, Shea Coulee and Sasha Velour for a bit, um, so I knew who they were. And then Valentina. I mean, I was, I was so, she was so endearing, and I, I, I fell for what she presented on the show. I mean, tenfold. I there was nothing that anybody could say about Valentina that was bad. I fully wanted to support her completely, ten thousand percent. So, what was your reaction when when that when it all went down? I was on the at first. I was on the side of her being like, "Oh my god, she was so shook. She didn't know like what was happening." I wanted to be on her side completely. I, looking back at it now, I'm like, "You should have known the words." It was really easy to memorize, mm-hmm. and you should have just been familiar with what was going to happen because you can never a- expect on that show that you're going to be safe. I think the second you feel like you're going to be safe is the second you go home. So, uh, so now I'm going to walk you through now. I'm going to let me follow. Follow me on this here. We're going to okay. walk through your experience on Drag Race, and we're going to walk through your experience after Drag Race. But because there are a lot of like nerdy, we're going to get into like the nerdy little details here <laughs> about it. So, okay. so, so follow me on this. So first of all, how do you get the gig? So I got the gig because of Todrick Hall. Um, I did cats with him at La Mirada Theater. If you're anyone's oh, familiar with LA theater scene. Is that I how Buck and Dana know Todrick too? Yes. Dana knows Todrick too. I mean, he was our like star draw of that show. Like, I remember I, I had never done any musical theater stuff until that show because I had mainly done uh, contemporary dance and some commercial dance stuff, but I was not in musical theater at all. And a friend of mine um, saw a dance show that I did. And he was like, you need to be in Cats. And I was like, that was actually the first Broadway show I ever saw. And um, I'd always like, it always kind of had just been in my body in a sort of way, like how I interpret movement or like in, I just have always responded well to Cats, the musical. And when I heard they were casting it here, I was like, there's no way I'll be cast because I had never even really done musical theater. And I I got it. And then I saw that Todrick Hall was going to be a part of it. I was like, this is crazy. This is so, so crazy. Um, And then he and I became really close because he lived really close to me. And I would drive him to rehearsal sometimes and it was back from rehearsal. 
And so I got to know him on such a personal level. It was so awesome. He's a really, 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 really good guy. Okay. He's been so good to me. Okay, pause. You see, this is gonna even though it's probably a quick story, we're gonna have a lot of nerdy pauses here. So I'm gonna yes. ask you I'm gonna ask you to be Todrick's attorney for me then. Okay. Okay. Episode two, Thorgy Thor. The uh-huh. Divas Live episode. Yes. Here's my take. Okay. I, I'm not going to even... I'll throw Tondrick in here because I feel... I mean, I can get really, really nerdy on this about this, but, like, I feel Thorgy was fucked over on episode two. No, no. here's the funny thing. Now, hear me out here. Okay. It's not that I don't think Thorgy Thor should have gone when she did. I think Thorgy Thor probably shouldn't even have been there, but you can make the case... <laughs> Going episode two, I think, was probably the right time for Thorgy to go. But I feel the production made played their hand really heavy on this. And I don't think Tondrick helped at all. Especially when Tondrick is like, you know, has all these crazy moves for Kennedy. And like he has milk doing everything. And then he's like, well, what do you want to do, Thorgy? Like, he has nothing for her. I mean, I wish I could speak to what they did on that episode in terms of like what I was going through his head or whatever. I genuinely don't know like what was given. However, I do agree with like what Aja said on the episode, like come out with a cauldron and be this weird witchy thing. And then what Tadric said too about Dorji is a genuine purist in terms of what Stevie Nicks does and was not willing to go past that. So all I can all I can comment on is what I saw in the episode in terms of that. And I was like you know, Thorgy could have allowed, I feel like, Todrick to be even cre- more creative with the movement that he okay. was giving her. Okay. This is where I'm, I'm, I'm going to push back here a little bit. One, okay. Thorgy has... I told you this going to get really nerdy. No, Th- do it, do it, do it. Thorgy has said that she did ask for those things, and the producers told her no. Okay? One. Two, remember there's this moment that they show on the show where Thorgy says you know asks for a wind machine and todrick is like what a wind machine okay jake go with me on this one you know every goddamn studio in la has those giant fans a b (laughs) then 20 minutes later this shangela comes out in a giant inflatable ball did she sit there by the side and blow it herself like, I mean, I don't, I don't know those things. But I know, I know, I know. You know we're, we're we're talking that you're no longer his lawyer. Now we're just yeah. talking as is Jake and Joe, the new <laughs> buddy cop show that's coming out on CBS next fall. That's what you didn't want yes. to talk about. But watch out for that. Yeah, but no, that's that's my question for you. Is is don't you think that's are, a little? Are crazy? you trying to imply that she was maybe set up to go home? Yeah, so here's here's my take on the show, and I know people don't agree with me and they disagree with me. I feel, and by the way, I think this is true with any competition reality show, um, but specifically RuPaul's Drag Race more so, is they have a storyboard and they have a line and they go like, okay, this is probably when this person's going to go home. And not, it's not to say that the person can't change the storyline. It's not to say that the, that the, that the storyline doesn't change. Like Actually, All-Stars 2 is a good example where they had to change it because Adore left. You know, mm. but I think they have a good idea. Like, okay, this is probably when Thorgy's going to go, and then they sort of set it up so that it it it, it works that way. And so but I don't know. I don't ahead. know if I agree with that because I mean, if you look at the first episode, Thorgy did extremely, extremely well and was in the top, even though they had crit- critiques about her outfit and stuff. They loved her talent, and I think that I don't know if they necessarily planned for her to be going home the second episode. 
Well, no, hold please. I no, I think I just sort of like I I I think the show is much more contrived than it appears to be. So that like I'll give you a good example is like like if they don't want someone to go home, the All Stars too. They don't want someone to go. They just don't put them in the bottom two, and they know exactly who their the producers like. Let's go back to the Ben situation. Everyone like, oh my god, RuPaul was so surprised when Ben showed the lipstick. I was like, bullshit. RuPaul, now maybe Michelle didn't know, but RuPaul knew that Ben did that. It, RuPaul would not put, like, I've been to like every finale since season six. RuPaul yeah. does not put up with shit. I've seen it, I mean, I've seen it firsthand many times. I mean, maybe you can't talk about it. Maybe you've seen it yourself. She doesn't fuck around. And that's not to say she's mean or that anything like that, but she's not. She's more involved than people think. And so you're telling me that that Ben pulls this move that that upends the whole competition. And and there was a cameraman who filmed Ben scratching it out. So the cameraman knew. You're telling me a producer didn't know. You're telling me a producer didn't tell RuPaul. Hey, listen. At the very least, didn't say you got to pick Ben. Well, we won't tell you why, but you got to pick Ben. You're telling me that didn't happen? I mean, I wish I could tell you something or not, but I really don't know. Well, again, I'm not asking you as uh, Jake Dupree, RuPaul Inside. I'm asking you as a fan. I mean, I don't think that there's stuff that goes on within the show that she would not know about. Okay. Because she is an executive producer of the show, so she knows, like, everything that goes on. Um, But... I mean, I, I really do feel like watching it that she was genuinely surprised in a way. Look, I have this argument all the time, so it's not the first time. <laughs> so okay, so let's go back let's get back to where we were. Like I'm telling you, like again, like this is what's great about doing a show like this is we could literally go for hours talking about every minutiae about this show. But listen, I, I love that. I yeah. love every detail, every everything. It's yeah. so perfect. So, okay, so let's go back. So you get the gig, you know Todrick, which is so funny. I, so everyone should know, uh, Jake and I have these friends, uh, Buck and Dana, they're married. And uh, I knew that they knew Todrick, but I didn't know it was from Cats. So, yes. uh, well, Dana- I think that Dana had done something previously with Todrick. And Todrick had done a bunch of stuff in LA theater, so I think that they had known him before that. So yeah. Okay, yeah, I, I knew that they knew him. I didn't know how well. Okay, but that's Great. how I met them and Todrick was all through Cats. So, okay. Yeah. Perf. Okay. Great. So then, um, you get the gig through Todrick, and then he brings you in. Did you know? And then, uh, so he brings you in. What am I missing here? So how? When did you? They. I think they filmed this around like late July, early August. Correct. Last year. We filmed in August. Yeah. And then um, when did you actually start rehearsals for your – like when did you and the dancers start rehearsals? Um, You mean like how many days did it take? Yeah. It took two days. Okay. Uh, But not with the girls. You guys had two days and then you were with the girls or – No, no, no. No. We learned it with the the contestants. Okay. Like the first time we're learning the choreography is with them. Okay. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. So, um, so then now let's, 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 let's dial it down. So you show up cause now they're, now they're in Simi Valley, not in Hollywood center anymore. They're at Simi Valley. Yeah. You go to this studio and you walk in and here's this, even though it's not the same studio it used to be, it's the same set. What are your thoughts as a huge drag race fan walking onto the set of the <sighs> main stage? I feel like everyone is going to laugh at me, but also like 
feel like uh, this is how I would be too. I walked in and Todrick was like, he like lashed onto me and he was like, I want to see, cause everybody else, I think they had all seen it or, you know, like been, been at the set before. Mm-hmm. And I, this is the first time I, and he knew I was such a super fan of the show. And he was like, I want to see your face every time something happens. I started like legit crying, tearing up when I walked onto the main stage set. It was, it was so overwhelming because it was like, I have seen this so many times and I, I watched old episodes like, like I, I watch them all the time. Like that's basically all I really, really watch is drag race. Mm-hmm. And so seeing it in person, it was so surreal and it, it genuinely took my breath away and people are going to be like, Oh God, he's so no, annoying. No, but no, wait. it really did. It was so awesome just to be in that space and seeing, just seeing it in person is so surreal because you've seen it so many times just on your TV screen. And then to be there in person, it was it was one of those moments where it's like, I genuinely don't know how I got here. Like, this is so cool. No, I, I'm going to stop you right there and say, like, everyone who's hearing your voice right now gets it. One of the things I talk about, like I, I mentioned this earlier, is I've been to every finale since season six. All right. Mm, nice. Well, I'm saying that because, and this is so dumb, but just so you can relate. <laughs> when you go to the finale, you don't see RuPaul until she comes out like the way you see her on TV. Right. Yes. And every single time when she does, every single time, Jake, I cry. I, I, that's what I have. When we were waiting for the, you know, to shoot the stuff on the main stage, seeing her in drag, I, it, it is like literally seeing the most beautiful alien that you have ever seen in your entire life. Like it's something that, I mean, you don't see her in regular. Like she won't appear in drag ex- ex- yeah. outside of the show. Yes. So it, it is. It felt like such. It, this is so such a silly word to use, but it really did feel like an honor to see her in full drag. I mean, she is stunning. Like, I mean, when it's un, it's otherworldly seeing her in person. Like on TV, it is so beautiful, but mm-hmm. in person, I don't, I don't know if I've ever seen anything that beautiful before. No, I agree. So, so then you're on the main stage, and then. How, let's let, now. This is a you know. I was on the air with Trixie Mattel last Friday. Uh-huh. I, also, I also have a serious show, but she was only on for like a yes. second, and I'm just a panelist, and so the host asked all the questions, and I got nothing in. <laughs> but the question everyone wanted me to ask was, "Did Trixie get that guy's number?" Oh, Braden's number. I don't know what his dancer's name is. Uh, his name is Braden, but I don't. I don't. I do not think so. I think Trixie has a boyfriend. So no. Oh, so she was she just did being not funny. Get that number. Yes. So she was just being cute and funny, I think. Okay. And did you hit it off with it? Was there any was there any love connection there on the set for you? I mean, Shangela and I, like, I mean, just being her partner, especially at the very end, like, we got a, a good chunk of time together. And she, I've been such a huge fan of her. And, of course, I expressed that to her. And she is awesome. Like, genuinely such a good, cool person and funny and quick and that's how I am too. Like when I can get on a roll with somebody and we're like, just back, you know, da, 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 da. And she, she is that. And I, that's the, that's the interaction that I wanted to really have was with her. And then meeting BB for the first time was so cool. She is awesome. Like she's such a cool, cool, cool person. I really, mm-hmm. I really, really bonded with her too. And Kennedy as well. Like being a dancer and she really is such an amazing dancer and she's been doing drag before drag was even like the cool thing to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, these people have, these people are genuinely such hard workers and to see them in their element, learning all this stuff, it made me have so much 
more respect for them. I wish that everybody got to witness like what they do, because I think a lot of people were sending bad, you know, like having their own thoughts about the narrative of the story and Mm -hmm. whatever. But if you saw them in person, you, you wouldn't care who made it to the finals because they are such hard workers and so passionate about what they do. And as an adult to be able to do that is I think so inspirational. And I think that everybody would have changed their opinion about all of them if they met them in person in that situation. What would be the most surprising thing if I were to, if, if you, what would we be most surprised about uh, from, from right now we're just on the main stage day, just the rehearsals. Yes. What would be the most um, surprising or what's something you wish someone asked you? What, what am I missing? What is a, a story or an, a, a, or a, any, an element from this, from that main stage rehearsal days that you, I mean, like, I don't think that people realize, I mean, I know that a lot of the girls say this when they get off the show, they're like, it is genuinely a race. Uh, Todrick teaches that choreography so quick. And I mean, they are literally forced to learn it so quickly. I don't, I, I, I wish that that, I think that's the thing I'm like, I don't think anybody will truly understand like, like how much pressure and how quickly some of this stuff is thrown at them and how quickly they have to react and do it. I don't, I don't think anybody will be able to see that unless you were on the show or a part of the show. Mm-hmm. And I think, I wish that people really understood that. Like, it's really easy to, I mean, any makeover show or competition show, you see like just, you know, 42 minutes of a show, but you don't see the three days that went into it or the two days that went into it that Mm -hmm. made it what it is. Mm -hmm. And I think that I wish that people really knew like this was a lot of work and a lot of really strategic, um, minute, like very detailed things that were being thrown at them. And they just had to be an open book to it. And I think that that's the key to this whole show is just really rolling with the punches. And I think I've, I've heard a few of them say that, but I really, I wish people would truly understand that because it is, I mean, it, it's a tough show to be a part of, I think. You know, because it's only an hour episode. Yeah. There was a lot. And you're seeing probably two or three days per episode. Mm-hmm. And that, I, you know, you're not going to be able to see everything that goes into that. And of course there's, you know, storylines or whatever. And, all the commentary, but people don't understand like the genuine work that these people are doing to make this dream a reality for themselves. Okay. So let's go to the shoot day. Okay. It's quote unquote in one take, but I can tell there's a couple of times when they do like that, that like trick that you saw like on uh, the Birdman and that old Alfred Hitchcock movie, the rope. Yes. Um, so, were there any multiple takes or were there, I mean, obviously you'd have those, you'd, I mean, it, look, everyone should know I'm not knocking it. Those sh- the, 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 the time between those takes was still so long. A lot could go wrong. Uh, were there multiple takes for any of those long shots? We did two takes and that's it. Okay. So that's it. I, and and I it is, go ahead. That it is genuinely one take twice but, and that's it. But they do wait. Hold, please hold, because there's the part when Shangela hits the camera, and then there's a part. Uh, I think it's right. Nope. Before, wait, what? All one take. You're okay. So the, look, okay. So you're answering Jake. This is a big question. This is a big question everyone has. So you're saying from the moment that that uh, I don't know that if that, dri- that Kennedy but, gets revealed in that truck with us. Mm-hmm. That is, and all the way through, it is one take. It's because they had some of those like weird swipes where you could cut it. And nope. 
No, so that's all one nope. take with BB and they're moving and this and that. That's all you're so yep. you're telling you're swearing on a Bible, Jake Dupree. I will swear on everything. So then how did you go life. from that outfit to the outfit you had when you were with BB? We're running and changing. And by the and when Shandel is doing her dance, that's when we're changing and having to I, I was literally taking off those pink painter outfits, running, putting on sunglasses, putting on a t shirt, taking those pants off, throwing them under the table, and then hitting BB's choreography as the camera is turning to us. Wow. So that actually, no. No, that's big news. That's very impressive. That actually was all in one take, but you guys yes. did it twice. And we did it twice, and that was it. And I think the first time was just kind of like to get the nerves out. The second one was like, okay, this is it. And literally, that was it. I, we were in and out so quickly. So let me, let me ask you this question. Because the girls are running backstage. How do they get the judges in place in time? It is all Todrick magic and all the producers magic. They they know exactly what they're doing, how to do it, what to do, where to go. I mean, it is so scientifically strategic. It is. It, it, I mean, it it baffled me how quickly it worked and how beautifully it worked because I mean, we put a lot of time into that number, and I mean, Todrick he really saw it from the beginning all the way to the end and. He's he's the genius behind that. Now, did you interact with any of the judges? Did you interact with RuPaul at all? Anything like that? Um, I met I met Michelle um, when she was coming. Well, we were rehearsing like right before you know we were taping it, and she was so cool and so sweet. And she's really good friends with Todrick, so it was fun meeting her through you know his eye or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to see and I met and then I saw RuPaul, of course right before we shot the very last segment, we're running upstage waiting for the Queens to come, you know, like running through that hallway up to us. Um, we seeing her for the first time. I mean, that was when I saw her was with, was waiting for the Queens to come onto the main stage. It was so cool. Were you allowed to look at her in the eye? I mean, I looked at her in the eye and then I started tearing up and I had to look away. And while we were doing the very last section on the main stage with the four of them, Mm-hmm. I could not I could not look at the judges because I was like, this is just too it was just like sensory overload for me. It was so crazy. So okay, so now let's get to you now. Yes. No one I fucks a camera <laughs> like Jake Dupree. Where did we learn this? Are we doing this intentionally? I mean, I wish I could tell you it was intentional, but I thought, I mean, I genuinely thought that's what we were supposed to be doing. And of course, I'm in the front of that line when Trixie does that, when a, in a high heel shoe, when you walk, come through. It would, I, I was in the front of the line, like right in the camera's eye. Yeah. And so I was like, I can't just stand here and look crazy because I'm sure that the camera is going to be on me. So I was like, I'm just going to smile and be happy. I mean, genuinely, I could not contain my excitement. And I think the other boy dancers were doing such a better job at being like, sultry sexy and i was like being smiley and i just could not contain my excitement for being there and so what you that genuine feeling is what you saw on camera and so every time i was like right there in the camera's eye i was like i'm gonna connect with it and just have so much fun because i don't even know if i'll ever get to see that again did you anticipate well let me see maybe you don't know do you know there's a big a big response to you on this which is so i genuinely did not think that anyone would care that I was even on the show. Like I genuinely did not because I thought that everyone was going to be looking at them. And I, I was so shocked at how much they really showed me on the show and like all these little cute moments. I was like, what? I, 
I was so dumbfounded. It was crazy. What have been some of the reactions that you've gotten? Have you gotten anyone reaching out to you besides me? Oh, my. It has been overwhelming how many people have reached out to me from all over the world. I mean, there's been people from Australia. There's been people from, like, Ireland. There's people in Japan. It's been crazy. And I did not expect that at all because, I mean, I've been doing all these viral videos for Cosmo and then for Pop Sugar Fitness. I do these funny workout videos that yeah. are really – that have done really well. So, I mean, I did not expect this – me doing being a background backup dancer, like – getting attention at all like i did not expect that where did you watch the episode where were you last thursday when you watched it? well uh, i was teaching a class until seven forty-five, so i had heard from a ton of, i had heard from my i have a twin brother mm-hmm. and i had heard from all my friends on the east coast being like oh my god work you're amazing like you did such a good job but i thought they were just saying that as you know my friends being mm-hmm. like i'm so proud of you like you did it um and then it started being like I started getting all these message requests on Instagram and all these people commenting on a post that I had done early in the day being like, watch Dry Grace. You might see a familiar face. And then people were commenting. And then it turned into this whole thing. And then a friend of mine sent me the Reddit thread about me. And I was like, what is happening? Like, this is so crazy to me. Uh-huh. So how are you going to use this? What are you going to do with this momentum? I mean, I, I have to do something with it. So I think for me, it's um, combining myself and then my like drag workout persona in like a workout uh, video type of way. I, w- I really want to experiment with that. And I think people would respond well to it because it's going to be like quick and funny, but still hard and badass. And I, I, that's what I really, really, really want to focus on now. Interesting. Now, uh, Am I missing anything? Did I miss anything about your experience on All Stars Three, the season finale? Um, was it hard for you to sit in that secret, be such a Drag Race fan that you knew who the final four were? It it has been the hardest thing to keep my mouth shut on for months. I mean, like so many months. It's been crazy to try to keep that quiet because pretty much all of my friends are Drag Race fans. Did they know you were on it? No, I did oh. not tell anybody. I told I my. My relationship at the time that I was in for two and a half years, it ended literally two weeks after we, we shot that episode. Mm-hmm. And so he he knew because I had to be like, I'm going away for two days to shoot this like all day, basically. Mm-hmm. So he knew. And that was that was it. I didn't tell my brother. I didn't tell my parents. I didn't tell anybody. Like, I literally told no one. Interesting. All right. Well, Jake Dupree, we're going to uh, – well, is there any – I, I feel like I'm missing something. I feel like you're waiting. You're like, there's this thing you need to ask me. <laughs> I mean, what – I want to know. I want to know what you think about the returning queens coming up, coming back to vote on the winner or vote for who the final two will be. You know, it's been a very controversial thing. You know, I don't – It is. I don't hate it. Let me put it this way. In theory – in theory, I don't hate it as much as everyone's hated it. I think they hate okay. it because of what happened. Um, it's funny because I'm very... I don't know if the right word is upset. But I was very... Heartbroken that Shangela didn't get a shot. Yeah, me you too. Know? Me because too. it's difficult to see someone who works so hard and is so successful... And then I'm not even saying she should have won, but just to not to get the shot must be yeah. heartbreaking. I mean, it was it was so hard for me to seeing her face that like disappointed, closed eyed, 
closed eyes face when she found out that she was not moving on to the final two, I started tearing up because I know how genuinely hard she works and like how hard, how much she wants, wants it. And to see her not even be able to compete for the final two spot, it was, that was really tough for me to watch. But you know, what's so funny is it, it leads to a question about validation because you know, yeah. It's it's weird because Trixie and Shangela both outside of the show. It's so weird how the, weird what an effect this show has on people's psyche. Outside of the show, they're so successful. Trixie's yes. so successful outside of the show. She doesn't need the the crown is nothing. Exactly. It's just it's just something to put in her mantelpiece. And Shangela works so much. She doesn't need the crown, you know? No. Kennedy does need the crown, unfortunately. But she doesn't need the crown, but they want it. They want that validation so badly. They well, I mean, so I think a lot of it, too, is like drag for so long has been considered like not a career, but a career. And to feel like you've done, you didn't do yourself complete justice on your initial season. And then to come back and be like, I have done so much between these two things. And to come back more fully realized and be like, now I want it. Like now's my time to really, really get this. I want it. Like I want to be there and I want to compete and I want to win. Well, let me ask you this question because I, and I'm, and I'm asking this. I want some honesty here, but I'm asking for a reason. Cause I'm going to use it against you. No, I'm going to use it in the conversation. <laughs> no, G- give me a moment. You don't have to get into detail here, but give me a moment when you were, there was something you wanted and you were disappointed, but you didn't get it. Oh man. I mean, there's been so many while things. While you I mean, think LA... about this, yeah, while you think about this, let me explain this to the audience, is okay. even people that you see, unless you're like literally, you know, uh, Ben Affleck, or I don't know why I use Ben Affleck here as an example, or Brad Pitt, even people who are working actors, they still don't get everything. You know, there are people who are working actors who, they may not have to audition, but there's there's things they want and they don't get it. And so there's a lot of disappointment in the in, just in the industry anyway, you know, unless you're at the yep. highest, 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 highest level. So it, it's not a judgment on you. I, I recognize it, yeah, and you realize it too. Like there are people who I know who are literally models, and I yep. someone asked came to me the other day, someone came to me the other day wanting to be a model, asking about it. I don't know why they're coming to me, by the way. <laughs> and I was saying, like, you understand something? Even the people who work a lot, they go on so many auditions and and so many meetings, and just it doesn't go anywhere. You know, and yeah. so, so was there something that you really wanted that you didn't get that you had? Maybe not the same level of disappointment as Shangela, but that that you were disappointed. I'm going to go somewhere with this. I mean, but there's, I mean, there's been ten thousand things. I think the, yeah, yeah, the yeah. thing that real the re- thing that really comes to mind. I auditioned for Cats, the the revival that's happened on Broadway. It's closed now, but it was on Broadway. Mm-hmm. I wanted that show ten thousand percent. I was going to class every day i'm not a natural tapper and i was learning to like really really tap just to be in that show Mm -hmm. and i was flying to new york to do the open call and i flew to new york and i did the open call and literally got cut after my first uh dance and that was it i was like i had flown all this way waited in you know for maybe an hour and a half to be seen and i'm and i'm in the union for stage uh stuff and i I got cut like, you know, that was it. And it was so disheartening to feel like you had put everything that you could like 
singing lessons, dancing classes, like, and then for it to not be enough, it was so hard. Like that was, that was one of those moments where I was like, why do I continue to do this? Like, it was really upsetting. It really, really was. Because okay. it was something I genuinely wanted. So here's where I'm going with that. Now it makes sense. It's very similar to what Shangela felt. Yep. But imagine if now, like in a year or two, like you have this momentum and you take it now and now you have your own show on Broadway, you win the Tony and shit like that, right? You know, uh, for you, me and Dupree, the musical that you're starring <laughs> in. Right? And you have all of this. And then you're like, no, but I still want to play Rum Tum Tugger. Yep. In the, in this, I mean, in this touring production or the Broadway production of Cats, and you're like, and it could be it one is. of those things that's always just beyond your reach, and maybe that's the beauty of it all. Like, you might not get what you want, but the process to getting that is what makes you stronger and better and more successful because you did the work and you know you did the work. Let me ask you another question. Let's say they, let's say the World of Wonder calls you, and they say we need someone on the pit crew. Are you joining the pit crew? Are you too big for the pit crew? I don't know if I would want to be on the pit crew. I feel like if I was going to be, uh, if I was going to be back on the show, I would want to be a contestant or a judge. Like I would, that's what I would be going for. So you're saying that one day we may have Jake Dupree on season 11. I mean, you, I don't know if season 11, but maybe season 12. You never know. Are you now? Are you where? Where do you know? Where does uh, a, a person who's just breaking into drag go in L.A.? Because I know, like it, Mickey's is big time. You know, uh, yes. A lot of those places are. Big. They're not going to take a, a little young new person. Where Where do you go? Where do the new people in L.A. go to do drag? I mean, for me, because I'm lucky to have an online presence in terms of video. That's where how I would be approaching it, and not and worry about and be worried less about performing live because trust me, I have performed in many a musical and lip sang for my life while dancing my heart out. So I know what that feels like. And I know that of course it's different and there's something major, but I have had experience doing that. I just would want for me and my own journey, there would be a different Avenue that I would be going about to get on the show or to better myself to be on the show. Has anybody hit you up? I'm such a gay man about this. Has anybody? No, hit you, has anyone hit you up since the, being on the show that you're like, "Hey, I'm kind of this guy's kind of cute." I'm gonna... No, it's it is it's been so funny. Like there have been many people, and it is it's it baffles me because I did not think that I would be the one that would be getting attention. I really did not, girl. I just like this Todrick with the the Thorgy and the dancing. I am not buying into it. I am not- no. I, I'm trying to be. I'm literally being so annoyingly like sincere about this. I genuinely did not think that. I th- I, I want to believe you, Jake. But let me tell you what. Let me tell you what's. <laughs> let me tell you what's not, making me not believe you. Once okay. again, and you know the moment I'm talking about because you just called it. Yeah. That shot down the line when you're eye fucking the camera. I'm all this kid knows exactly what he's doing. He's like, Gay America, you wanna fuck me? And I'm okay with that. Oh my god. I I wish that I could say that was what was in my head, but I thought all I could think about was I you need to look okay on camera and 
if you need to smile and look into this camera, I genuinely thought that was like my five, six, seven, eight, one looking in the camera. Like that's what I, I genuinely thought that I did not think that people would be like work, bitch. Like I love you. Like whatever. I just thought I was like, this is my chance. Like right in the front, smile, look in the camera and just have fun. Like I did not go into it expecting anything like what the response has been. It's been so, it, it's so unexpected. I, I kid you not. But you're saying that, and I'm not, again, I'm not pushing back too hard here, but you're saying that, <laughs> but like you moved, where are you from originally? I'm from Arkansas, like really small town, like just above 7,000 people, Arkansas. Rogers, Arkansas? It's not Rogers. It's Newport, Arkansas. I know. Let me tell you this. I have this friend from Arkansas. Okay. He lives, I don't know, in Rogers. Okay. I know where Rogers is. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, look. What is... <laughs> if you know, if you're from Arkansas, you know where everything else is yeah, in Arkansas. This Ro- he's from Rogers, Arkansas. He lives there still. Oh, wow. He works at Walmart. But not the oh, not cool. the store, but like for the corporation. Like that, yes, absolutely. Even though I do, I do call him and ask him if, if you know that I, there's no fiddle faddle in my Walmart, <laughs> and can he get me some? And he gets him yeah. really angry, by the way. But yes, of that's, course. <laughs> that's not why I bring it. Up. I bring it. Do, have you ever had? What are your thoughts on this? Because you live in California. How long have you lived in California? Mm-hmm. I've lived here for six years. It'll be seven years in September. And I lived in New York City previous to this too. Okay, so this you have a good round. What are your opinion? What's your opinion first of all on In and Out? Well, I don't. I'm a vegan, so I don't eat red meat, okay. and I don't eat dairy. So In and Out, I love the fries. And I love a good root beer, but everything else I can't have, unfortunately. And what? So you never had this Whataburger either? No, I've never had. I've had other things from Whataburger, but I've never had like a burger burger. So you're well. Look, I, I should have known. If anyone sees Jake Dupree's body, it's not a person who eats <laughs> Whataburger and In and Out and Shake Shack. Uh I wish. Sometimes I do wish, but I, I it makes me sick. Like I can't have it. I can't. I really can't. Okay, Jake. Well, let's wrap this up. It's been like I, I thought. I'm not even joking. I thought this was gonna be, uh, like okay, it'll be 20 minutes, and then we'll ask him about you know what does RuPaul look like and you know <laughs> what did what did they feed you and shit like that, right? But uh, but no, it's been a really really good conversation. But this is going with what I what I was telling you in the beginning is when you. It, it's so funny. I love. I was like gonna wrap it up, and I'm going to this. When I went to the fin- like. I actually remember I told you I've been to the every. I've mentioned this three times already on this goddamn show. I've been no, to every do it. I love but, it. But but last year's was different. In fact, the every other taping before last year was so boring that I had originally I'd I'd actually made plans, um, for like to leave to leave. Like I had all be there on nine because the, the the taping when they tape the finale goes from like six p.m. to like midnight. Okay. Yeah. And I was like, I'll meet you around nine or ten because I, I just want to see. The best part is when the queens come out and RuPaul comes out, and, and then it dies down. And it's a stupid interview, and I, I don't need to see it, right? I go, I'll meet you around nine or ten. And then when they, when I found out what they were doing, I canceled all plans. Okay. Uh, and yes. when when Sasha Velour took off her wig, and those rose petals came down. Let me tell you something, Jake Dupree. <laughs> I and I, by the way, I was by myself. I had a press ticket. I wasn't with people, you know. I leapt out of my seat, you know, like I was at a WWE wrestling match, you know. <laughs> and I started. Now, by the way, these are moves I've never done. There, there were muscles in my body that were like we've never done this before. I started pumping my fist 
in the air and screaming like a maniac. And I felt this emotion running through my body that was like, this is what straight guys feel with sports. Mm-hmm. When they watch sports. And when you, because, you know, you always see this thing. Have you ever seen, like, I'm sure you're from Arkansas, so I'm sure you've seen this a bunch of times. When, like, a yes. bunch of straight guys don't know each other and they get in the room, they'll talk about sports. Yes. I feel drag race is that for us. Uh, I absolutely, it finally feels like people see us or that we're in on something bigger than just ourselves. Yes, it does. And so, like, that's why, like, you and I, like, I've met, like, really cool, like, there's you. I, I was talking to Garrett Schlichty, the author oh, of that yeah. Slate article last week. And he, this is a guy who's written for the Washington Post and for Slate and all these <laughs> other places. And he was like, please, have, can you have me on again? I want to, I want to talk about this. You that's know? how I feel. I'm like, have me on again. I want to talk about Jake, it. Jake, you can come on anytime you want. What are you talking about? And so, <laughs> uh, and I met this, you know, I was in this awkward situation where, like, Again, Jake and I are going to have an L.A. conversation right now. Everyone else, just shut the fuck up and just deal with it, all right? <laughs> you know how it is, Jake, when you're here long enough. You just acquire fancy friends, okay? Yeah. Yeah, you have yeah. fancy friends. I have fancy friends. Whatever. So I was with some fancy friends, and they go, oh, look, we have this guy here, which is so funny. This is so them. Joe, you're gay. This guy's gay. And you guys should meet. And uh, he worked, he was on Obama's national security team. Um, right? Why aren't you married to him? I know. And so I was like, oh, so we started talking and they were, it was, you know, when you have like people have kids and they try to make them friends. And so everyone was staring at us to see if the two gay guys would be friends. But we did. Yes. We. It's so funny. I'm talking to a guy who would literally, he was telling me he would see Obama's like the this the um the morning report the security report in the morning brief uh-huh. he was the one who personally handled handed it to obama every morning right wow so he would see it we don't even talk about that. thank you for your work sir thank yeah. you for your work <laughs> we don't even talk about that we're talking about you know whether shea coulee was robbed by this new lip sync thing at the finale I mean, that's what we bonded over and it's like me and you like yeah we have mutual friends we haven't even talked about them no We've talked about, you know, whether uh, it, Magnolia Crawford, whether she had too much nose contour. Which, <laughs> of course, everybody knows she did. Which is, yes. Yeah. And also, but you know what's so funny about Magnolia Crawford? Not to nerd out. It's so funny. You should watch that episode again. Because this is when Drag Race was still in its, like, Drag Race now acknowledges. Empathy. Yeah. Yeah. Drag Race now acknowledges that there's a world outside of Drag Race. But if yeah. you remember, they came down on Magnolia during the Untucked episode because she wanted to use it. She just figured being on Drag Race would further her career. And at that time, that was like seen as like, whoa, what a fucking bitch. Can you believe she said that? And now, it was like such a meta, like she was in such a meta place with it. Yeah. And now it's pretty much, I mean, it, I mean, All Stars 3 I think, is all about that. I think that's a lot of the reason why Ben made those decisions. Yeah, you know, because she doesn't want to be perceived as a perceived as a bad person, well, and that's okay. But the thought was in all these other seasons, like I don't think that Fifi O'Hara would necessarily necessarily behave the way that she did on season four. 
knowing what the audience was going to be thinking about her. Like, I think she would have been a little bit more cognizant about what she was presenting in that some of those arguments that she had with Sharon Needles. But that's the thing is on All Star Street, I can't remember what moment it was. Trixie's in a discussion. Oh, you know what it was? It's when Ben and actually it's Ben and Morgan, the episode one, are talking about uh, Morgan's elimination strategy. And yes. Trixie says, but what are the fans going to say? Or blah, 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 blah. Like they, like you can tell that's where Trixie, they're all thinking that, you know, they're, they're filming for two to three weeks. Yeah. And they realize those two to three weeks are, what are the interaction we have in the room for those two to three weeks is irrelevant because what happens here has ramifications outside of the world. And yep. in fact, to get, Very I mean, much so. you don't listen to our show yet. You're going to become the biggest fan. One of the things I talked about was during the Shangela note thing is Trixie is stuck because she's instantly having like multi levels of conflict. So there's like the the one on one conflict with Shangela about what's going on with the note. She's also aware that there's a conflict among possibly among the contestants all staring at them. Then there's the conflict with the producers, like what are they trying to do with this? And then there's the conflict with the fans, like oh my god, like instantly she has to make a decision. How am I going to approach this note thing? That Shangela just brought up because it's it's way more that it's not just an interpersonal conflict with Shangela. There's like several layers to this that she has to instantly strategize right there on the spot with a camera on her. Yeah, and that's RuPaul's I mean, race. It's it's fascinating. It really is, and especially because now that the people are super aware of what the audience will think. Will you be able to handle that when you're on? Um. I would assume so because I mean, I think being in LA, in LA, you're always aware of what you do or how you're perceived or mm-hmm. you know what your strengths are and what your weaknesses are. And I think that especially some of the videos that I've done, like people, n- majority is positive, but there's a lot of people that really don't like what you do. I mean, you could be the b- most amazing, nice person in the entire world, and people are still going to find faults in what you do, and that's. But it is. Um, you know, it is it is something to get really used to, especially like once you've heard the criticisms, you learn to separate yourself and be like, it doesn't matter what they think about me. They're never going to have an effect on me. I just have to do what's right for me. And if they perceive it as something, then that's their business. That's a good question because you do, but you put yourself out there on, on viral videos and I'm sure you get mean comments and people say horrible things to you. Do, does it really not affect you? It it genuinely, I wish I could say it does, but it genuinely does not. And I rarely read the comments. Like, I really don't because I think that there's nothing really good because, you know, for the majority of it, it is very positive. And I have a few friends that troll the comments for me and, you know, read it all and tell me about it. And majority of it is nice, but there are a few people that really say some hateful, hateful things. And that's their right in this day and age. That's their right to do that. And I fully respect that they would want to. I mean, they're they're judging this edited version of me, and I don't fault them for that at all because that's all they're seeing and that's all they can see. So I just have to do my – I just have to put it out of my mind and do what I think is best and what my family would think was funny and what my friends would think were, is funny, and I that's all I can do. Well, on that note, we're going to leave it there. Jake Dupree, thank you so much for being on uh, Rulaska Thoughts is the name of the show you were just on. Oh, I've I listened to your I've listened to several of your episodes ever since yesterday since yesterday or whatever two days ago whatever it was. Oh, you're kidding! Seriously, I'm 
I think it's I am so I feel so honored that you'd even want to talk to me at all. So seriously, thank you. All right. Well, you guys can find uh, Jake Dupree on Instagram. I'm going to give you his Instagram name, guys. It's really hard. It's Jake Dupree. <laughs> Original. Follow him. The thirst is real, everyone, with Jake Dupree. Jake Dupree, thank you. Uh, we'll continue. Uh, and by the way, guys, you guys are so bummed. He and I are going to keep talking after this. And we're going to, you know what? <laughs> we're going to talk about you and uh, behind your back. Great. Okay, everyone, that was my interview with Jake Dupree. You, once again, you can find him on Instagram at Jake Dupree. That's J-A-K-E-D-U-P-R-E-E. Uh, you can find me at Joe Batance, J-O-E-B-E-T-A-N-C-E. Why, why don't you, yeah, why aren't you guys, you, you fucking thirsty-ass motherfucking queens. You know you're all going to go and follow this Jake Dupree. Meanwhile, I have like, he, he, by, he, by the way, he doesn't even need the followers. He, I mean, we always need followers. He has like over 38,000 followers. I have 200. You fucking thirsty-ass queens. I bring you all this content. You can't follow a queen on Instagram don't you want to see what I had for lunch or that I went to a museum? I hate you. I'll see you in Alaska Thoughts.